It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 28th, 2019. Happy Thanksgiving. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's win over the Cleveland Cavaliers to close out their road trip. And then talk a little bit about Mo Bamba and his development as he has played really well the last three games and had a big breakout performance in Wednesday's win. Before we do any of that, though, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the Cleveland Cavaliers' perspective on today on Wednesday's game? Check out Locked On Cavs. Want to look ahead to Friday's game against the Toronto Raptors? Check out Locked On Raptors. Or look even further ahead, Locked On Warriors has you covered for Sunday's game against the Golden State Warriors. There is a Locked On podcast for literally every team in the NBA. Plus, we have Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast, and plenty more national podcasts, too, to get you covered, get you covered from the NBA on every angle. There's NBA, NFL, MLB, and college and NHL podcasts too. So no matter who your favorite team is, second favorite team is, sport, team you love to hate, there's a podcast for you to get the lowdown on the teams you want to hear about. You can download these podcasts wherever you download podcasts today to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. An interesting comment came out of Wednesday's 116 to 104 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. And honestly, it was a pretty nondescript game. I mean, I, I feel I felt like the Magic kind of got in there, did their work early. They they played some solid offense. They moved the ball. They made shots. Their defense was shaky at times, but buttoned up when it had to. And the Magic took a lead in the early third quarter that they never really let go of. And frankly, it was the Magic were the better team, and they played like the better team. So it was you know, pretty nondescript game in a lot of ways. And certainly Cleveland made their runs. Cleveland made some pushes to that could have made things interesting, but the Magic always responded. But the interesting comment that came out of the game was afterwards, both Steve Clifford and Evan Fournier said something to this effect. You know, we're on a three-game losing streak, and it's the last game of a road trip. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Essentially... This game had, you know, made it seem ripe for a team to pack it in and and you know hightail it out of there. 
get into the holiday, just kind of take some take some time to decompress a little bit, and then get back to work at home on Friday night. But one thing that this team showed last year, and and, and a good character trait for the team this year so far, at least in this instance, is they did not view this game that way. Instead, they buckled down, they doubled down, and they picked up the victory. They took care of business. And again, in a very professional way, it felt like a very professional win. I wouldn't say, you know, Evan Fournier scored 30 points. He had a really nice game, but it wasn't the best game from Evan Fournier. He just he scored a lot of points. He made, he made a lot of shots early on, especially. Guys stepped up when they had to, but it, 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 I, would, I mean, I think the Magic played well. I think they shot well overall. But, you know, I wouldn't say this was an A-plus game from Orlando. Really, this was just a game where the Magic kind of did what they had to do to win. And I'm not disputing that the Magic didn't play hard. They, they played very hard. They did a lot of things really well. And again, when Cleveland made their push, they got it to within like eight, I think, in the fourth quarter. They came up with the plays they had to to close the game out. Whether it was Markel Fultz driving to the basket and scoring, and, and he scored a lot of his points late in the game uh, to kind of seal the deal, or kicking it back out to Mo Bamba for a three-pointer. Mo hit five three-pointers. We'll talk about his game and, and his progress here in a bit. Or whether it was you know Evan Fournier making shots late in the game after he struggled through much of the second half, or Terrence Ross hitting shots. It was just kind of a constant drumbeat of offense. And, and like I said on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic, this Cleveland team's not very good defensively. If, 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 you, can def- if you can't score against them, they're, they're, there's a little bit of an issue. Um... Orlando just kind of took care of their business. That's really the best way I can say to describe this game. And I mean, obviously Mo's game was special. I thought, you know, I, I thought uh, one of our one of my favorite Twitter users kind of commented it. We're, we're at the point with Markel Fultz where 15 points and 50% shooting just feels normal, or that doesn't feel like he stood out in the game. And Markel Fultz stood out in this game late. He he made a lot of plays late in this game that that really took this game over. And defensively. I thought the Magic really struggled uh, with a lot of things that they, they can't struggle with. I felt like Cleveland got a lot of big offensive rebounds that they couldn't convert off of. Um, they didn't get a lot of second chance points in this game. Um, Cleveland made a lot of self-inflicted wounds. There were a lot of, you know, traveling, you know, traveling violations. And it just, it, it honestly felt like if the Magic showed any type of defensive resistance, if the Magic gave uh, Cleveland any type of defensive resistance... The Cavs were going to break down. That's, that's just kind of where they're at offensively. Is they've got guys who can drive and, and get to the basket and, and kick to the three-point line. So they've got a potent offense. But if you play disciplined defense, they, just, they don't have the pieces all together to, to really put pressure on you. Um, so like, you know, Kevin Porter Jr., not a bad passer, but he's looking to score and looking to attack. And if you can force him to do that, then you're fine. Jordan Clarkson... Has been really good and good lately from three point from three point on three pointers, but Orlando did a good job kind of shading him and, and and blitzing his screens and kind of forcing him to go wider than he wants and taking him out of his rhythm. And, and Terrence Ross deserves a lot of credit for that, um, even though he shortcutted a few and, and maybe gave up one or two open looks, but it, it, it threw him off just enough. Orlando's defense still gave up way too much dribble penetration. They still gave up way too much in the paint, a lot more in the paint than they usually do. So I, I don't think the tape would show that this was a great defensive game from Orlando. But at the same time, in the moments that mattered, 
when the Magic were holding on to the lead, when the Magic were making their runs, when the Magic were struggling to make shots, honestly. There was a stretch in the second quarter where Orlando was struggling to make shots, and Cleveland was scoring a lot in transition, but when Orlando got its defense set, they, they were able to stop him. So when, when the moments mattered, the defense was there. So, yes, the, the comment that the Magic beat a bad team is certainly valid. And I think, honestly, we've, we've kind of known this season, no matter who's playing, the Magic are better than the quote-unquote bad teams. And I think that's, the, the standings are still shaking out a little bit. But Orlando's beat, you know, you look at Orlando's losses, really Atlanta is the only loss that, that looks bad at this point. And then Atlanta struggled a little bit of late. They've had some injuries, I think. But that, that Atlanta loss, the second game of the season, is really the only loss that you could point to and say, oh, that, 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 that loss doesn't look so good now. Orlando's got to beat the equal teams, for sure. And then I, I think that's the difference in the season. But they're taking care of business. And really, this game was taking care of business. That's, that's honestly the best way I can describe it. A, a professional win, as it were. The Magic got in, did their work, played hard, played well walked out with the W, and now they can celebrate Thanksgiving before Friday's game against the Toronto Raptors. The Orlando Magic defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers 116-104 for their first road win of the season. The Orlando Magic back in action, of course, on Friday against the Toronto Raptors. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's run through that final box score for you real fast. The first place to start, of course, is with Evan Fournier. Uh, Evan Fournier has taken on a lot of responsibility since the injury to Nikola Vucevic. I, I, I do think it's admirable, and while I think that there is certainly the criticism that he is a little too dribble-happy, a little too tunnel, you know, got a little bit too much tunnel vision, I, I, I don't think that criticism is unfair. I, I think he is a natural scorer. He is not a natural passer. And so, he he's not quite... I don't want to say altogether, but he's, he's not quite, you know, comfortable in that primary playmaking role yet. And, and so I think that that is something that he's still working for. And it's going to be a little bit of a struggle, especially as defense is key in on him, and especially as good defense, defense is key in on him. But in this game, he was moving the ball really, really well. He worked a lot more off the ball, which I, 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 do, I still prefer with him. I'd rather run a lot more through Markel Fultz and trust him to make good passes and good plays. But uh, Fournier did a really nice job in 39 minutes, so he, uh, Ma- Magic leaned on him heavily, heavily in this one. It did not feel like he came out of the game, and especially with those second units. The Magic wanted him on those second units with Terrence Ross to give it a little bit of offense, so we are seeing some changes to the rotation there where Fournier is running more and more with those second units to make sure that they have the offense that the team needs. But uh, Evan Fournier scores 30 points, 10 for 22 shooting, 4 for 9 from beyond the arc, 6 for 6 from... The floor, four rebounds. He did have one assist against three turnovers. So again, still maybe a little bit of that tunnel vision, maybe a little bit of that lack of passing and playmaking. It's it's inconsistent at best at this point. But Fournier's scoring is just so absolutely vital. I mean, I think he scored he scored the majority of those points. He scored like 18 points, I think, in the first half. 
Um, he had it really going in this game, and and Cleveland lost track of him several times at the three point line. He was able to beat you know their defenders just the defenders are good at the point of attack, but but if you get to that secondary action, um, you you you're able to make a player freelance a little bit. That they, they uh, especially off the ball, they they will lose track of you. Um, those, those wings are just still very very young. Um, they don't know all the tricks of the trade quite yet. So Fournier was able to get himself going and and get. Uh, and get get shots to go down, and that kind of paced the magic throughout the game, because Orlando got some really nice scoring efforts. I mean, you know, they, they their top two guys didn't shoot the ball particularly well. I mean, Fournier shot the ball well for high volume, but Jonathan Isaac only sixteen points, seven for eighteen, shooting one for seven from beyond the arc. He had seven rebounds, three steals, and one block. So, an an, an okay game. I mean, I felt like Isaac. I, I mentioned this on on Twitter during the game, though. Some of the shots Isaac was getting himself and, and the way he was attacking, he attacked more off the dribble in this game than I think we've seen him do. And I, I've talked about how I think that that's, that's something that has to happen with, with these players out right now for Isaac. But some of the moves he was making, he was missing those shots by very, very little. And, and if he figures out how to make those moves and attack to the basket, he is, he is going to be a handful because that jumper is getting better. It wasn't good in this game. He, he was a little bit out of rhythm with his three-point shooting, so that's still inconsistent. But he he was making pro he's making progress and, and and you can see the potential of his game continue to grow and continue to get better and better. So Isaac overall I, I felt like did some really nice things didn't get the results maybe that that he deserved for for the nice things that he did. But again, it's it's going to be tough to win a lot of games when Isaac's shooting him for eighteen with the team with the way the team is at. But they won this game. They went out there and won this game. Uh, you know, Terrence Ross sixteen points, seven for twelve shooting, just one for five from three. What I thought Ross did really well, really good with offensively was he uh, was he cut to the basket. Um, you know, he, he he hoisted his threes. Don't don't get it wrong. And and he has a lot of gravity. And the three that he did make, he was actually fouled on, so he got a four point play out of it. But what Ross really did well was the team the Cavs were overplaying him. And so he curled around screens to the basket, was able to get to the basket and create shots around the basket. Um so the gravity that he created really warped Cleveland a little bit. And so that was obviously a good thing for the Magic freed up a lot of other guys. Um Markel Fultz, 15 points, 7 for 12 shooting, hit a three-pointer, four assists, three turnovers. So the turnovers are still an issue with Fultz. I mean, I, I think we still got to treat him like a rookie a little bit and he's going to make mistakes and he's going to have some higher turnover games, but he really turned things on in the fourth quarter. Uh, Fultz was really the main attacker in the fourth quarter to make sure the Magic um, secured this game, and, and he did a really good job getting to the basket. He's really crafty finishing around the rim. Um, you know, he was smart. He, t- he hit a three on a screen and roll um, when the defender ducked under it. Um, he's, I, think he's, I think at this point with the way he's shooting, um, and, and you can watch this, I think, he's better shooting off the dribble. Um, you know, I can't explain it. Some guys just need a, a dribble or two to create their rhythm, especially because defenders are playing so far off him. You know, if he takes a dribble to get into a shot, he has the time still to shoot that more likely than not, especially because he is such a threat to drive. Um, I, I really, really, really liked Fultz's game um, in this one. I, I felt like he attacked at the right times, and especially again in that fourth quarter when he when he got his scoring going, um, it was at a time that the Magic needed to. So the Magic, the Magic again, made plays when they have to. Um, DJ Augustine, I thought, had a mixed game, eight points off the bench, 10 assists. I, I, am, I will get to Mobaba, don't worry. Three for eight shooting, over four from beyond the arc. I, I just felt like he forced some of his shots. Um, I, I, I look at it now, um, you know, four of his five misses were from three. You know, he's someone you have to rely on to make threes. 10 assists against two turnovers, so 
you know, he is able to move the ball. Um, I felt like, though, in the second quarter especially, and Augustine is as guilty of this as anyone, just not a lot of purposeful dribbling. Um, you know, he is someone that, that over-dribbles a little bit, but it's mostly to try and create. And so the Magic have to do more to create around him, to move around him, to take advantage of the open spaces he creates off his dribble penetration. Um, I, I think that Augustine's had an up-and-down season for sure. He's been targeted defensively, especially, I feel like, especially when Augustine and Mobamba are in, teams are targeting both of them in the pick-and-rolls because they're they're both not the strongest defenders. Um, and, and so I think that that's, that's part of some of the issues the Magic have to have to deal with here. Uh, as they move forward. Now, finally, Mo Bamba. We'll talk about him in more detail, but 15 points, five for six shooting, five for five from beyond the arc, four rebounds, two blocks, uh, a really nice game for Mo Bamba. Um, he just, he, he, he's rolled to open spots uh, beyond the three-point line, and he made his shots. I mean, offensively, it just came down to him making shots. He was shooting 25% from three, entering the game. The Cavs gave him a wide berth to shoot. He shot it. He made it. Um, and and he's capable of doing that, and he hasn't shown that this year. It's been a real disappointing year. Defensively, I I still think that Mo is in the right spots. Generally, defensively, I think we saw him. We're continuing to see him make more confident plays as far as blocking shots. Um, def- he's still out muscled a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. Um, he is he's still kind of growing in that in that fashion. But again. It, 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 it's good progress. And, and I think that's the most important thing to take away from Mo Bamba's game is, is he continues to make progress. And, and I think finally Wednesday, we saw that progress come to fruition. So let's, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk a little bit more about that. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You may remember after, I think it was after the Magic's game against the Raptors, that, you know, there was a pointed question. I forget who it was from. A pointed question about Mo Bamba and his progress and how he's played. And especially with Nikola Vucevic spreading his ankle and, and out, there were a lot of eyes on Mo Bamba now. Not only, not only that, that, that there were a lot of eyes, it's, it's, he has a sixth overall pick and, and it just didn't seem like he was making progress. I mean, I think you could point to the fact that, you know, all the lineups that Mo Bamba's in, you know, those second unit lineups tend to struggle and, and 
you know, Mo might have more defensive potential than either Ken Birch or Nikola Vucevic, but defensive impact wasn't quite there, and you could kind of see him struggling with positioning and understanding where he had to be. This is all normal for a rookie, of course, and, and big men take longer to develop than, than wings when they come to the NBA. There's just a lot more to understand. There's, frankly, a physicality factor that, that we all knew Bamba was going to struggle with. But at that moment, you could tell things were at a low point for Mo. Steve Clifford, when asked that question about Mo, defended him vehemently. And, and I do give him credit for that because I, I, I didn't think he was wrong. Saying, you know, Mo is making progress. We're really happy with Mo and... You know, he kind of sidestepped the question about on-court production because, yeah, there are legitimate questions and, and there might come a point in this season if Mo does not continue to improve that, yes, you, you turn to Ken Birch in that backup role because, you know, ulti- at a certain point, getting wins matters more than development. I think we're still in the development phase and I think it's still fine to play Mo how the Magic are playing him. Granted, then the injury happened and now Mo had to, has to play and Mo has to play well. Shortly after that question, though, Mo, you know, speaking to the media on the road trip, kind of admitted that, that yeah, that the season hasn't gone the way I wanted it to go. Um, I'm not happy with my play, and, and I've got to focus on, A, not letting bad plays get me down and, and letting them compound and build, and B, Mo said he had to kind of focus on making the plays that he can make and kind of doing his job and his role. And some of that is, frankly, the minutes restriction. I think he was limited to 15 minutes per game for a while. That is a very low minute restriction. It's very tough to get into a rhythm that way. And, you know, it's it, it was tough for Mo to kind of find his place and find his time. And you could tell he was rushing and kind of overthinking something. So at, at some point, maybe it was the minutes restriction getting lifted a little bit because of the Vucevic injury but uh, or, or conversation with teammates or conversation with, with Coach Clifford. But... Since that injury to Nikola Vucevic, Mo Bamba's played a lot better. Now, I'm not saying he's blowing the doors open off of anything. I'm not saying that he's, you know, looking like a clear, like, top guy from that draft. It's obviously a lot, a lot going into things. But Mo has looked more than serviceable. He's rebounding the ball well. He's scoring a little bit more. He's more active and engaged. He's blocking shots again or more consistently. Really, when you look at the numbers, Moe's season has really just been about his lack of offense. I mean, he's shooting 25% from three. I think he was at a 35% effective field goal percentage. He's, you know, his scoring is down. His, but his rebounds and his blocks are about the same as they were last year and relatively the same minutes. So defensively, Again, he was on the attack. He was being attacked a little bit, and his pick and roll defense still needs a lot of work as, as as he comes to understand the game. But the statistics probably didn't capture how much it felt like he was struggling. It's actually when you look at the Magic's defensive rating, the Magic's best on court defensive rating comes with Bamba on the floor. And and honestly. You look at the Magic second unit. That second, all, all the players in that second unit have really strong defensive ratings. They just can't score. And in fact, Bamba's a big part of that because he just he struggles to score. He can't really do much around the basket yet because of his his strength and his three point shot hasn't been consistent this year. And so, 
the magic then seemed to be preaching that Bamba's making progress, but probably not in the ways that you can measure or see. And, and I would agree with that. I, I felt like hit, for most of the season, his initial positioning has been really good. It's not that he doesn't understand where he needs to be. He is there. It's that next step. It's that reacting to the next move and, and, and getting the player to go where you want them to go. And again, the physicality, the strength is a big part of that. Rebounding, his rebounding is, is not great. I, I felt like he's been in good position for rebounds, but is getting kind of pushed out of the way or hasn't been able to catch rebounds clean because of, of pressure and physical pressure around him. I, I think those are things that he will get better at. And, and I, I do see him getting better, better at those. Um, his, his hands, I think, could still used to get a little bit better. He's got to have a little bit more touch, but... Um, otherwise, I've been really not not happy isn't the right word, but but satisfied with with Mo so far. A lot of things that he needs to work on are things that we know he needs to work on. And again, bring in that jumper, bring in that jump shot like he had Wednesday against Cleveland. And all of a sudden, he looks like a pretty solid role player, rotation player. What's changed though in the last three games has been he has stopped looking like at least he is overthinking. He stopped at least. The perception being that he is, you know, trying to figure out what comes next and just reacting and playing. And that's led to some impressive plays. He had that block against Toronto, um, but that was that was nice. That, that felt like it could be a little bit of a spark. Against Detroit, he had a block where he blocked a shot on one side of the rim, had his hand on the other side of the rim, looked like he was ready to block both shots. Uh, and then uh, Detroit got the offensive rebound and he was able to to step up and challenge, and I think block that shot. He had three blocks in that game against the Pistons. So a really nice game from Obama. Again, three really nice games in a row. To me, the big play from Wednesday's game was not any of his jump shots, but, but the play that showed me the most progress mentally from Obama was one of his blocks on Kevin Porter. Kevin Porter came driving down the lane, tried to dunk on Mo, and Mo blocked the dunk. No one came in to fill for him and Tristan Thompson got the rebound and scored. And you could see Mo shaking his head a little frustrated. And I think a week ago, that would have spiraled him a little bit. He wouldn't have made the next play. He would have been overthinking or would have been trying to do too much. But that play, that mistake, or not mistake, but but that that finish didn't change his approach. He kept a level head and he made plays the rest of the game. It really felt like on Wednesday that Mo should have finished the game. It really felt like that was his game to finish. And if it were a little bit closer, he might have come back in for Ken Birch. And again, I've kind of felt that for now, until Vooch is back, the closing center is going to be a little bit by committee. And, and most nights it'll be Ken Birch. Unless, you know, Mo's having a night like this. Magic didn't need it. They kept, they kept Mo on the bench. All this is to say that these are small signs of progress. You know, we're not, we're not saying that, oh, Mo looks ready to start or Mo's going to be ready to start next year or, or whatever the case may be, whatever the future may hold for Mo Bamba. But what we're saying is the signs of progress that at least to a coaching staff were subtle now, look clear. On Wednesday, look much clearer. And honestly, that's a great step. 
to be a reliable rotation player for him at this point of his career, while he's still developing physically, while he's still learning the game, while he's still figuring out how his game fits into the NBA. That is a great first step, or a great next step for Mo Bamba. No one in that organization, I can promise you, is ready to give up on him. The way that they've approached him, the way that they've kept working with him, they, 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 have, they have invested a significant amount of time in him already. And the results haven't quite shown themselves on the court, but maybe they weren't supposed to show themselves completely on the court this year. In any case, the Magic got a really good Mo Bamba game on Wednesday night. And it was certainly, certainly very, very welcome to see. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. Though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, whether you're in the United States or not. Just enjoy the day. To, to give thanks for all the things in your life and thanks maybe a little bit for Magic Basketball. I don't know. For some people, Magic Basketball is a stressor. Um, but happy Thanksgiving to all who celebrate and have a wonderful, wonderful Turkey Day. We'll be back again soon for the next episode of Locked on Magic, whether it's uh, whether it's tomorrow to preview the game against the Raptors or probably Saturday to talk about that game against the Toronto Raptors. But we'll be back again soon for another episode of Locked on Magic. So until then... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.